thank you all for being here. I'm excited to be here. It's our first Sunday of the new year, isn't it? Man, 2019. Good grief. Um, 2019. I was thinking about uh, years past, and gosh, it's crazy how many years past it's been. Um, today we're talking about love, and I was thinking about the first time I told Karina that I loved her. Do you remember this? She acts like painful memory here. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Could, we, we might need to see Katrina after this. But, um, Katrina's a resident counselor here, by the way. Um, so she's trained to deal with uh, that. Um, so it was on the, the campus of Baptist Bible College in Springfield, Missouri. And it was outside, I think it was G.B. Vick dorm, right? And uh, G.B. Vick dorm was a, a, a ladies' dorm because it was a Bible college. There was strict segregation of the sexes. And I remember uh, it was in front of the dorm at one evening. I think it was in the spring. Do you remember when exactly it was? Um, I don't remember. Yeah, I knew. I am going to get in trouble. But I remember I had been talking to my, my mom on the phone before that and talking about you know, my relationship with Karina. And she said, it sounds like you love, you're in love. And I'm like, maybe I am. So, you know, we were doing what couples do in, in, in Bible college, you know, like, I think we were holding hands because that's the most you could do at Bible college, like hold hands. Um, and uh, I said, you know, I love you. And she gave me that smile and nothing. <laughs> And in fairness to her, I think I, she was not ready for it. So I remember, like, I think she texted, well, no, it wasn't, we didn't text back then. Gosh, I can't believe I'm that old, but um, <laughs> it was Instant Messenger. Do you remember, uh, who remembers AOL, Instant Messenger? That's what it was, yeah. Uh, she Instant Messaged me, like, hey, I have something to tell you. And later on, you know, she told me, thankfully, that she loved me, too. Um, so it's been about 15 years since. Um, and we've been married for over 14 years of those. Good golly. And in those 14 plus years, I have learned a lot about love. Looking back, I really wonder if I knew what the heck I was saying when I said that I love you. I was young and very clueless about love. All I knew was that Karina was a very special person. She still is. And I cared a great deal about her. In, in these years since, even in these past few weeks, I've learned and been reminded of how special a person she is and how she's exemplified that love for me. And I think that's because in difficult times, love is proven, love is exemplified. And I think that's because, in my mind, love is a choice. Fourteen years ago, Karina and I made a decision. We made a choice, a commitment to love one another, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness as in health, to love and to cherish till death do us part. Certainly, certainly, she's, we're giving each other the look because it's true. In those 14 years since, we have not always made the choice to love. Instead, there's been times we've acted selfish and uncaring, probably more of me than her. I'll own that. But I think our relationship is testament to the fact 
that we've chosen to love each other more often than not. Now, I don't think that's to say that love is a strictly rational decision, right? I don't think that's the case. I think absolutely there was plenty of attraction and emotion and excitement that brought us together. But at some point, I think we choose to act on those feelings of emotion, and that's what I think that love is. The thing is, though, our culture essentially teaches us the opposite, that love is something that happens to us, not something that we do. We're told that we fall in love, that we can't help falling in love, and that love happens unexpectedly. So much of what we're told about of love in the popular culture revolves around the idea that love is something that happens to us rather than something we do. Something that happens to us rather than something that we do. Perhaps you've heard the artist Kobe Calais, and I won't sing it for your, for your sake. Uh, Kobe Calais said something like, I don't know what to do, I think I'm falling for you. Or for some of you might prefer Elvis, the king, said, he couldn't help falling in love with you. I kind of actually like something Michael Buble said in one of his songs. He said, when I give my heart, it will be completely or I'll never give my heart. The song seems to point to the idea that love is an act, love is a choice. We choose to love, and if we choose to love, I think we can keep choosing to love. And I think what's fascinating is that in choosing to love, when we make the decision to keep on choosing to love, our love is strengthened, it is deepened. And that is, in fact, how God loves us. God chose to love us, and God continues to love us. The Bible is replete, it's filled with messages about how God chose to love humanity, even in our worst times, even when we were unlovable. God still loved. That's who God is, that's how God loves. And there's something really incredibly empowering and assuring about knowing we're loved, right? For a child, to be loved means to feel safe and secure. For a life partner or spouse, to be loved means to know that there's someone who values and appreciates you for who you really are. For a friend, a friend who loves you, it's someone to know they always will have your back. To love is the greatest gift one can give, and to receive love is the greatest gift that one can receive. This is why, of course, that God loves. For God is love, and love is from God, and God wants us to know that we are loved. Why? Because knowing that we are loved is a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. Today we're starting a new message series called New Year, New You, because after all, it is the new year. And today is also the first Sunday in what the church world calls Epiphany. Now, Epiphany celebrates Jesus being made manifest or made known to the whole world. In our common English, our modern vernacular, we talk about sometimes an epiphany as a moment of discovery or a moment of insight when we have this sudden realization. 
It's my hope and my prayer, and ours as Mission Gathering, as a church, that in this new year, a time when we commonly make new goals, new resolutions, new aspirations for ourselves, that there are some foundational truths that we can discover as we head into the new year. Today, I'd like us to discover that God loves us, that God declares God's love for us, just as God declared God's love for Jesus many, many years ago. So many years ago, back when Jesus was trying to figure out who he was and what he was supposed to do in life, sound familiar? He went to be baptized by this religious figure named John the Baptist. Now, John was known as the Baptist, or literally the baptizer, because that's what he did. It'd be like, I don't know, um, Nick the guitar player, Donna the singer. Uh, for, yes, forgive me, for some reason, like, when I'm on stage, I just have these, like, moments of just, like, my mind goes blank. So I'd be like, Karina. So, so yeah. So, John was known as the Baptist because that's what he did. He baptized people as a symbol of their, or as a religious symbol, of their commitment to God and to following God. John was also a polarizing figure. He was coarse and, uh, coarse and unkept, brash and outspoken, loud and obnoxious. It's said that he wore like uh, rough leather, ate grasshoppers, and, like had this crazy messy hair. And he was, in time, he was executed by the ruling authorities because he was obnoxious and he criticized the ruling authorities. And they said, off with your head. So he was a, a lovable figure, you, you might say, you know, cute and cuddly. <laughs> but he was out in the desert, uh, the Bible says, and he'd, he'd, he'd call people to come and follow Jesus. Or uh, let me say, he'd, he'd call and come people to follow God and to make a new decision to commit to following God. And as a symbol of their commitment, he'd have people be baptized. And for some reason, we don't know exactly, and uh, different Bible thinkers have different reasons why Jesus did this, but Jesus was one of those people who said, I'm going to make a commitment or I'm going to be baptized as a, as a sign of following God. So, Jesus came to be baptized by John, and it was during this thing that something incredible happened. Um, here, let's read, let's read, this is the, the text. So it says, after all the people were baptized, Jesus was baptized. As he was praying, the Bible says, the sky opened up and the Holy Spirit, like a dove descending, came down on him. And along with the Spirit, a voice saying, you are my son, chosen and marked by my love, pride of my life. So the, the Bible says the Holy Spirit, looking like a dove, descended, came down upon him, and, and, and the people there heard a voice saying, you are my son, chosen and marked by my love, pride of my life. God said to Jesus, I choose to love you. We've talked about how powerful it is to know that we are loved, right? It was powerful, I think, for Jesus also. 
For after this experience, Jesus went through some very difficult and challenging times. But at his baptism, at this moment in his life, Jesus is chosen by God, a God who loves him and tells him so. And this powerful affirmation, this calling from God, will sustain Jesus through difficult and demanding times. And God's love has an incredible power to sustain us as well through our own difficult times. An ancient writer in the book of Isaiah described God's love for us this way. Don't be afraid, I've redeemed you. I've called you by name, you're mine. When you're in over your head, I'll be here for you. When you're, unri- when you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end because I am your God, your Savior. I paid a huge price for you. That's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. I'd sell off the whole world to get you back, trade the creation just for you, so don't be afraid. I'm with you. This message from God communicated to a human audience in response to the yearning of people is a message we all need to hear this very day. When you're in over your head, God says, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, God says, you will not go down. God says, I paid a huge price for you. That's how much I love you. In this new year, in 2019, as you make your goals and aspirations, as you plan ahead for the new year, as you set your sights on what will come, what will happen. Know this. Know this. God loves you. Know this deeply. This year, I want you to discover whether for the first time or over again that God loves you. I've been I've been a a follower of Jesus, you might say, since very early in my life. 30 years there or take, give or take a few years. In many ways, I'm just discovering myself for the first time what it means for me to know and understand that God loves me. That God loves me and God loves you deeply and immensely and personally. Not that God likes you. Not that God thinks you're a nice person. Not that God feels good about you. No, God loves you. With no strings attached. You know, there's this common, there's this common understanding that God, God had to, that God couldn't really stand us. But but God somehow got past that to love us. I believe the truth is deep down, God loves us with no strings attached. That's it. End of story. God loves us. 
And because God loves us, because God loves you, when you're in over your head, when you're in rough waters, when you're in between a rock and a hard place, God will be there loving you and sustaining you. That's good news. So every new year, every new year we do the same thing, right? When we're at a New Year's Eve party or we're meeting someone out and about or we're just greeting a stranger, we say something like, hey, Happy New Year, and we wish people best of luck in the new year. We say something like, wishing you all the best in 2018 or may your year be filled with peace and happiness and joy. You know, may this year be filled with love and cheer. May you have plenty of peace, love, and happiness in 2019. I want all these things to be true for you. Don't get me wrong. I want all these things for you. We want all these things for each other. But I know, and we know probably deep down, that 2019 will for each of us have its own share of sadness, ill health, and unluck. And it's during those times, especially during those times, that I want you to remember, whether again or for the first time, that God loves you deeply, immensely, and personally. Because we need, we need, we need, we need to hear this affirmation from God, and we need to hear it from each other. I mean, imagine if we were in a relationship and we never said to one another, I love you. Imagine if you never told your children, I love you. Imagine if you never told your spouse or partner, I love you. I mean, imagine if you never told your friend, I love you. We know how important that, that is in our relationships, yet for some reason we forget about that and we're not reminded of that enough in church. God loves us. It's powerful. Life-giving words that every human being on earth, I think, should hear. You are my child, chosen and marked by my love, pride of my life. I believe this, the scriptures, the Bible makes clear that everyone is a child of God and everyone is a recipient of God's love. There are no exceptions. God's love is immense, it's reckless, it's never-ending. You know, when Jesus heard these words, we might say they changed his life forever. These words will change our lives. They will change our children's lives, our neighbors' lives, our friends' lives. They are powerful words to know that we are loved and affirmed by God. You know, we as Mission Gathering Christian Church have such an incredible opportunity before us in 2019 to share this life-changing love of God with people who desperately yearn to know that they are loved. When they're in over their head, when they're in rough waters, when they're in between a rock and a hard place, they're not alone. That God is with them, loving them, and sustaining them. 
Man, that's, that's pretty special. That's pretty exciting that we as Mission Gathering Christian Church get to share that message. I can't think of a better message to proclaim. And that's what we're about at Mission Gathering Christian Church. Illuminating God's love. So in 2019, let our aspiration, our epiphany, our discovery be whether for the first time or all over again of God's great love for us. And let's help others discover the great love that God has for them as well. Because, man, trust me, there are people who need to know that they are loved by God. Amen. So I want you, I invite you to be a part of this. Inspiring hope, illuminating love, imagining faith. And let's share God's love together as we move forward into 2019.